Hey, it's NPR's Book of the Day. I'm Andrew Limbong. There's a lot of ground covered in today's interview. It's between NPR's Scott Simon and the journalist Doreen Cunningham, who traced the migration pattern of whales from Mexico all the way to the northern point of Alaska. And she brought her two-year-old kid along, too. She wrote about the experience in a memoir called Soundings, and she talked to Scott about the kind of bind single parents are often placed into. You know, they're not really given that much support to care for their children, but when they don't meet whatever arbitrary standard society sets for a good home, they get shamed and tisk-tisked about it. So she decided to just dip and take her son on this kind of epic journey and it's actually pretty funny when she talks about the only part of it he remembered support for npr and the following message come from fx's the veil starring elizabeth moss fx's the veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from istanbul to paris and london one woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. Doreen Cunningham has written a book that is a memoir, a meditation, and an adventure, both for whales who migrate from Baja, California to the Arctic, and those other mammals we call human beings. Soundings tells the story, and it's her story, of a single mother who takes Max, her two-year-old son, on a trek to follow that migration of gray whales and the paths by which we all try to navigate what can be a forbidding world. Doreen Cunningham joins us now. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you for having me. Throughout this book, you seem to put yourself inside the minds and hearts of whales in a way that seeks some kinship. What do you see as that kind of kinship between our two species? Whales are a species that I've always drawn on for strength. They were very present in my childhood. I was born around the time that the Save the Whales campaign was born. We could hear their voices. I grew up on a small island, so I was always in the sea. But when I became a a single parent and had gone through a difficult couple of years, learning about the grey whale migration really inspired me because of their endurance, how they keep going through difficulty. And that helped me when I was finding life hard. Yeah. Can I draw you out to tell us about that? Because it it was a a confluence of circumstances uh, that really were a rough place to be in life. I'd had a messy breakup and I'd found that I couldn't afford enough childcare to continue with my job. I'd been through family court with my ex. And I had ended up more or less penniless living in a homeless shelter for single parents in the island of Jersey where I grew up. And I found it very hard practically to fit in freelance work around my son, Um, really hard financially to even afford food. I, I basically became a charity case almost overnight. Why of all these times did you decide to pursue this track? Well, I was trying to make life work where we were in the shelter. And whales, as I said, have kind of been an inspiration to me throughout life. They're my go-to daydream if I want to just take myself away from reality. And that's what I was doing one night. You know, I'd been in the in the shelter for about a year. I was absolutely worn down. 
So I was reading about Wales online instead of doing my editing work one night when I just happened to come across an article about grey whales, which I actually didn't really know very much about. They're a little bit uglier. They don't jump around and do tricks for tourists. But then to learn that they do this epic migration from the lagoons of Baja, Mexico, and then up to the Arctic feeding grounds every year, that was just stunning to me. So I decided to escape. Mm. And I think a lot of people will wonder why bring a young son into this. Well, I wanted to share with him some of what uh, had been most wonderful about my life and being confined in the four walls of the shelter where we were living and confined by my financial circumstances and confined by the way society treats single parents, you know, very little support, um, not valued, not paid. I felt an enormous amount of grief about what I wasn't able to give him. I hadn't been able to give him the nuclear family that we're all sort of made to aspire to. And I wasn't even able to make simple choices in our lives about what we would wear and what we would eat. I just had to take whatever was on offer. And I was truly grateful for the support I received. But I wanted to show him the world. Mm. What did um, you and your son see in whale mothers and sons, do you think? It was astounding that they trusted us. They came right up to the boats. And these are lagoons where in the 1850s and 60s, the grey whales were slaughtered almost to extinction in commercial whaling operations. And um, for a long time, they were aggressive towards boats. But then in the 70s, a local fisherman called Pachico developed a relationship with some of them. And from that evolved this incredible phenomenon where they come up, they play, they will bump the boats. And what was happening when we were there was the female was uh, a little way off the boat, you know, this 12 meter long animal sort of snoozing. And the baby whale was coming around the boat and bumping it. And one of the people on the boat said, oh, we're free daycare. And I think that's probably about it. <laughs> she was <laughs> taking a break. Um, but the playfulness and the trust, yeah. it was like a gift. And of course, climate change comes into this. The grey whales that we were following, um, because they travel so far, they're seen as an indicator species for the changes that are happening in the ocean. And they're also remarkable animals because they are so flexible and they've coped with climate change in the past. So their behaviour is really interesting and, for me, very hopeful in a way. What's happening now is there's a group of whales called the Sounders who have found a new source of food um, in the waters of Puget Sound mm -hmm. off Washington State. One of the founders is a whale that's been nicknamed Earhart by researchers. She was um, first seen coming to the area in 1990 when there was a big die-off going on. And at the moment, there's another die-off going on. So large numbers of grey whales are washing up dead, and a lot of them are emaciated. And at the same time, the numbers of whales joining the Sounders and Earhart, who has been seen leading these whales to this food source of ghost shrimp near the shore, is increasing. So the, the whales are interrupting their migration, feeding on the shrimp and leaving fattened up. And that's astounding behaviour for me to see who is, you know, very worried about what the future brings for me and for my children will bring in, in terms of climate change. But does your son remember of what you did together? What does he, what does he take from it, do you think? 
The bit that he remembers most clearly is when we were on a boat once, uh, he was turning the wheel. That was tremendously exciting for him at the time. It was a fake ship's wheel, but he remembers being there and thinking that he was driving the boat. And I like that because him at the helm is a good way for him to start thinking about his life. And um, I asked him, you know, if he remembered it for the book. He said something really perfect, which was just that he likes to think of the whales swimming along and sometimes he likes to think of him swimming along with them. And, you know, that's what I set out to achieve, to make him feel accompanied by the incredible life that we share the planet with. Doreen Cunningham, her book, Soundings, Journeys in the Company of Whales. Thanks so much for being with us. Thank you. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Why is everyone so obsessed with traditional wives or trad wives on social media? This week, we're talking about the viral videos of women making marshmallows and mozzarella from scratch and how behind the sheen of calm kitchens and cute fits, there's some interesting pessimism about our modern world. And that's worth digging into. Next time on It's Been a Minute from NPR. Listen to Embedded for moments that stay with you. I could smell the smoke. I could smell the dust. Voices that resonate. <laughs> Stories that change the way you think about your life. How, how did we get here? The Embedded Podcast is NPR's home for original documentary series. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.